Welcome to Kairos Talks, the Crucial Conversation Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to the show. This is Chad, your host, and joining me today is Jeff Gilman. Uh, Jeff is my best friend, best man at my wedding, and uh, also a co-worker. But I met Jeff at a Bible study um, eight-ish years ago, and... Um, He's got a really cool story, and just over the couple years, he's become a mind and a friend and someone to just muse over these thoughts. In fact, I would say most of the crucial conversations I've had have happened with Jeff at some point. And so uh, we we were talking about a a really cool book that we're both getting into here called Anti-Fragile, and I just wanted to pick his brain on what he's reading. He's ahead of me, which which doesn't happen a whole lot. For, for him to be ahead is really fun, and I'm just really curious about this topic, anti-fragile. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you say hello, and let's jump right in. Yeah, hello. Um, so, I mean, first off, the only reason why I'm ahead is because Chad just read 18 books, 17 <laughs> books. Um, <laughs> it was 17. In, a, in a fiction... <laughs> In a fiction. <laughs> hey, Harry Dresden is the coolest modern day wizard of our yeah, generation. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I just stayed focused on, you know, more <laughs> important things. No, hey, the eighteenth book I'm reading right now is a bit little bit all about being a good husband. So and I've got some room to improve there, so no judgment. Got it. So you'll start reading this book. After that one. Got yeah, it. I've, only, Very good. I've only got like fifty pages left. So, okay, so, so we'll be there soon. Solid, solid. So yeah, this this book is really got my interest up a lot i um i'm not really sure 100 percent why mainly because i think it's something that i personally have kind of seen in my own life in a lot of ways and so i'm very interested in it i'm not 100 percent sure where it's going i'm only on chapter three the intro was about the size of five chapters just so you know (laughs) um so i consider myself at like chapter eight (laughs) right but uh i'm only i'm only three chapters into it right now so i have a basic understanding but there's a lot of information he uses a lot of big words it's nice yeah um but it's been a lot of fun Cool, and, and I think we're going to have to do another one of these when we finish the book together Absolutely. so we can talk in more detail about the application. And based on the size of the book, I'm guessing we're going to do a bunch of them based on this idea of anti-fragile. So, um, so anti-fragile um, is a book, and and let's let's talk about, you said the author defines this word of anti-fragile. And actually, who is the author? Do you, do you have that? Yeah, so um, his name is Nassim Talib, I believe it is. You you might want to double check that as far as the pronunciation goes, but I believe that's correct. He is Middle Eastern, but he seems he hasn't announced it in his books, but he definitely comes across as religious. Some sort of belief hasn't really said what it is yet, but okay, some there's faith, something there. some faith, some faith based something yeah. going on. Okay, so anti fragile is the name of the book, and, and you had just talked to me the other day about its definition. So what what is anti fragile, and and why? Like it sounds weird to me. Like I'm trying to get used to saying it. But it, it doesn't really rule off the tongue well. So so what is it? No, it it doesn't. And he he has even said himself that the word is he he hasn't been able to find it in any known language. So it's as far as what it actually means that there doesn't seem to be anything that um, there there is no language that essentially essentially captures what he's trying to say. And so just to kind of give you a basic definition, what we're looking at is everybody knows what fragile is. And the best way to compare that would be glass, uh, something that breaks very easily. And so then the what everybody thinks is the opposite of anti-fragile, or I'm sorry, of fragile, would be steel. But 
in reality, that's robust. And so that's a middle ground. If you take a hammer to glass, it breaks. That's fragile. If you take a hammer to steel, it doesn't break, but it also doesn't do anything. It stays the same. So that's robust. It's a middle ground. The opposite of fragile would be something that would actually grow stronger from that hammer. Uh, the best in the material world that we can kind of compare that to would be maybe like a precious metal with heat involved where there's the hammering process. And it retains um, the energy from the transmission of the physical energies. Got correct. It. So okay. that's that's the best example that we have in the sense of that world. If you take it to a Greek mythology, what Nassim uses is he talks about um, Hydra being the anti-fragile. And if you chop off a head, a second one grows back. And then I'll get into it a little bit further, but what actually destroys Hydra is in the Greek mythology, Hercules cuts off the head with a fiery weapon and it sears it. And it, by doing so, he kills the recovery process, which then in turn, he gets into that, into what is healthy anti-fragile, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Okay. Um, but anyway, and then robust being compared to a phoenix, which it dies, it gets reborn. Um, but it doesn't actually get stronger. Right. So, so we've all seen Harry Potter. And if yeah. you haven't, well, you're uncultured swine. I'm just kidding. No, um, <laughs> okay. no if, if, if you haven't seen Harry Potter, there's a scene. And actually, I mean, the Phoenix is, is, a, is a mythology that actually transcends, I think, most cultures. And in most mythologies, it's in Greek and Roman, and, mm-hmm. which are different, actually. And Norse um, and a lot of the, the wizarding world like Harry Potter. But yeah, the Phoenix, it, it dies and then it's reborn. But it's the same creature over and over and over again. Yes. It doesn't it doesn't grow doesn't in the get sense stronger. of yeah, it's always going to be the same what it is. And then it might be impossible to kill, but it doesn't actually get stronger whereas the hydra actually gets stronger. Right. Uh, it goes th- in mass or a number of heads or Correct. Whatever. It just keeps getting stronger the more you cut off a head. And then he compared Honestly, I, I don't remember who it was. It was somebody that was very fragile and died very easily in Greek mythology to fragile. Um, okay. There's a couple of examples. I mean, you got Achilles, you know, in the heel, kind of like the worst spot ever to yeah. be fragile in. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people. Actually, a ton of gods in Greek mythology are super Are pretty offended. fragile. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So just to recap, we've got this, this word, anti-fragile, which sounds weird because we don't use it. Mm-hmm. And anti meaning the opposite of and fragile being fragile we've got the opposite of fragile with the with the author premising that there is no other word in any other language for anti-fragile at least that he's found right and then you just touched on something and i want to kind of go back to it because i find it fascinating as well but you talked about this idea that anti-fragile is is also a middle ground in and of itself you've got anti-fragile and then on one side you have unhealthy anti-fragile and the other side you've got healthy anti-fragile so talk to me about about what that looks like, and, and maybe one or two applications for for each one of those, healthy versus unhealthy. Yeah, so, and, and just real quick before we touch on that, because I think it's important to get into that, he addresses the, the idea of anti-fragile and that it is a cultural blind spot. So for anyone listening, it's important to understand that anti-fragile is a concept that anyone can grasp but it's not something that is being applied in everyday life or even in our culture. And it's not something that he believes is essential. So he believes that societies basically fall because of a lack of anti-fragile. Interesting. And so something that he's worried about is that our society and that most societies today don't 
they're not implementing anti-fragile. He believes that it is essential for any complex living being, uh, whether it be animals, humans, anything that is complex. A machine is not a complex. Right. Um, and so that's something that's kind of important to note. One of the things that he does to give you an idea of a cultural blind spot would be that he talked about how other cultures, and he talked about colors, and how these other cultures would that are underdeveloped and don't have names for the amount of colors that we have, that a lot of underdeveloped languages often only have names for three colors, and that they refer to colors as a whole as just one word, but that when a study was done that if these cultures could see and define these colors with a color chart, they were able to. And so what he used to say was that anti-fragile is something that we are all capable of seeing and understanding, but it is not implemented into our society or into our lives. Or on another completely note that I touched, uh, he touched on in chapter two was domain anti-fragile, which is there are certain areas of our lives that we apply it to without knowing, but in most of our lives, it's not there. Got it. That's important um, to understand as we talk about what you just asked about. So the idea of the recovery process. Yeah. Well, well, hold on a second because I, I guess I, I haven't read the book, so I forgot, yeah, I forgot yeah, we no talked worries. about that. So we've got this idea that we are blind to things, or rather, I guess we don't know what we don't know, right? So mm-hmm. these, these third world countries, in, for example, yeah, uh, underdeveloped, they, they don't understand like if you go up to them and say oh yeah what other colors do you have and they've got no idea that that that's a thing like other colors what, what do you mean we got we got red we got orange and we got green like what what else do you need we got it all right and they're like oh well what about blue what about this purple. what about, what about purple this? yeah what and and so we we have those conversations and 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 we show them like oh yeah well i guess i guess we don't have a word for that or or we would call that this they, they can define it but only if it's brought in from an outside perspective, mm-hmm. except for ways that we accidentally implement this, right? So if yeah. someone were to accidentally mix the wrong colors and discover a new color, right? So and we may not be noticing it. And so in our culture today, we don't typically see this. We don't even understand it. And I think, I think the topic, the title of this, Anti-Fragile, is a good example of that. Because we think, oh, anti-fragile, and if you really think about it, what is the opposite of fragile? And I... I only in talking to you, I've kind of thought of, and I think it's all made up, but there's these ideas that actually, funny that you mentioned those books. In the books, Harry Dresden Files, or the Dresden Files, he's got this these rings that absorb kinetic energy that he can mm-hmm. repurpose. That's anti-fragile. It takes the kinetic energy that he gets from punching a punching bag and turns it into energy for him to use. And so that obviously doesn't really exist unless Harry Dresden is real, in which case, call me. You have my, you, you can... You can come out to me. That'd be cool. But uh, you're not real, and that's unfortunate. But but we see that that's not something we naturally think of. Those kinetic rings were were a really cool idea, and they made sense. I could define them. I could understand them. But they weren't something I would have thought to dream up on my own. So no, and and you're right because I think that's a concept that's very hard for us to understand. Even with that analogy, that you know, you have a society that doesn't have a name for these colors. It's still very hard to put ourselves in this area of, I guess you would say, seeing something and understanding it, but still not, but still being blind to it and not understanding its importance. And of course, in the English language, we probably have more names for colors than anyone, any, anything else. But, but, um, I still argue with my wife. Salmon is a fish. 
and not a color. Not I'm a wrong, color. obviously. But well, yeah, of course. And yeah. then my, my girlfriend's an interior designer. She probably knows more colors than <laughs> anyone can ever imagine. And that's important, and that's very important in that world. But for the average person, I just... Yeah. Okay, same, same, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, red, blue, pink, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, but... I it really did catch my attention when he talked about that because it brought me to the awareness that we can see something and even understand it and yet still be blind to it, its importance, and not realize that our culture doesn't adapt this. Mm-hmm. And as he states it, so he I was reading something in one of the chapters this morning, and I don't remember the exact verbiage that he used, but basically he says comfort is a disease to society. Mm. Um, and he goes on to talk about how comfort and so also real quick i'm just gonna underline that comfort is not recovery understand that comfort and recovery are two very different things Mm. i'll get into recovery in a little bit yeah but comfort is somebody who doesn't have to pay rent or bills let's just say bills uh somebody who doesn't have to work somebody who can just live on an island and be happy and not have to, that is really what he is saying is that is a death sentence Mm. that you will not grow, that you will not learn, that you will not essentially evolve in a sense, um, that you have to have every complex living being has to have stressors in order to grow and get stronger. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And then also something very important to note that if you are not growing and getting stronger, you can't stay where you're at. You only go backwards. Interesting. So basically that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, well, we're going to have to get into applications. We're, We're running low on time here, too. We're trying to keep it below 20 minutes. The goal is 15 Dang. Right? Okay. Yeah. Very so, good. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up. I want to see if we can in, in a minute and a half talk about healthy versus unhealthy anti-fragile. And, and to anyone who's listening, we're going to come back to you with more thoughts on this book as we pursue understanding this idea of anti-fragile. Because prior to this conversation, we were both blind to it too. And you don't know what you don't know. And apparently what you don't know can kill you. So Apparently. Yeah. So... <laughs> The one reason why I'm fascinated by this book is the amount of things in there that I think I was kind of aware of but didn't know what to name them, especially like in the fitness world, things like that. I have always realized that you have to have these stressors in order to grow, and it has always been something in my mind that has kind of broken me a little bit because I'm like, well, I'm an American, and I have this, and I have that, and I want to rest, and I want to do this, but at the same time, I want to work hard, and there's just always been these things, and this is really helping to sort some of that that out, but real quick, on the recovery process, something to understand is that anti-fragile can be unhealthy as well. So anti-fragile is something that grows from disorder, chaos, energy, impact, all these things, but Something to understand with that is that there is unhealthy versions, and I only just started learning about this today, is a a strong um, example for unhealthy anti-fragile would be somebody who is stuck in a relationship or keeps going back to it over and over and over. Um, Or somebody who works out all the, uh, an unhealthy relationship, I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, Or somebody that works out but doesn't get enough sleep. Somebody who... Um, probably works all the time, but never works takes all time the time, off. but doesn't take time off yeah. or debt because they can't stop thinking about it. Got it. Uh, so those are important factors to take in. He starts specifying today how rest is essential. That's you have to have stressors, which are the anti-fragile 
And then he hits on the fact, but you have to have rest to heal from that or else it's pointless and it backfires and you then get unhealthy, anti-fragile. And so then you have tons of areas of your life, relationships, fitness, where this all of a sudden starts applying finances. Yeah. You know, even if you are in debt, you need to be taking a day off where you are not thinking about that debt. Right. Because otherwise it's going to be a downward spiral that all, that's all consuming. So yes. Yeah. And and I just, I mean, comments on the unhealthy side, just from, you know, personal reflection, you know, seeing people who've been in unhealthy relationships. Yeah. You might be able to grow from that, but if you don't stop putting yourself in those situations, can you say that you're ultimately growing, right? You may Mm -hmm. be robust. You may be able to keep going back to that, that unhealthy relationship, but is that really helping you go where you want to go? Is that really anti frat Are you, here's the question. Are you robust or anti-fragile? Are you really growing or are you as, I think it's Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is, is repeating the same thing over and over and mm. expecting different results. Yeah. If that's what you're doing, then you're robust because you, you are the steel and the hammer is hitting yep. you and it is not changing you at all because you're going to keep going back. Or are you anti-fragile? Are you growing from the experience and is part of your growth realizing that this is, that enough is enough? No, and that's, um, that's a solid point that he hits on is you also have to understand that there are many areas in your life that you are robust, and so you're going to write this off as, oh, that's not needed because I'm strong. But are you growing from it? And one of, I'm going to kind of finish on this thought right here, and this is a quote from him, from him talking about thoughts and how thoughts are anti-fragile in general. Okay. Uh, and so he says, like tormenting love, some thoughts are so anti-fragile there's varying degrees, that you feed them by trying to get rid of them, turning them into obsessions. Psychologists have shown that the irony of the process of thought control, the more energy you put into trying to control your ideas and what you think about, the more your ideas end up controlling you. Wow. So that's just to kind of give you an example of the depth of this book and this concept that it sounds super simple, but when you dig into it, it's really not. Yeah. I do have to say, we before we end, I know you said we're going to wrap up on that, but we have to at least give them some positive thing to take away from this. So besides the anti-fragile, unhealthy side, what is a couple quick examples of something that is healthy that leads, that's anti-fragile? Right. So what is, mm. you know, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but, but what are, you know, what does it mean to be healthy and anti-fragile real quick? We're going to go a little over time and that's fine. But, but what does that mean? How, how can we be ideas for anti-fragile in a healthy manner? Yeah. So definitely, uh, one major area is fitness, uh, you know, working out, putting yourself under stressors for an hour or so, and then giving yourself that rest. That's what I'm learning in this is that, when I first started reading this book, I that's that's something that's very important to understand is you gotta read this whole book, and so I'm really anxious to come back at the end. But when I first started reading it, I literally thought to myself, I have to just put myself under stress one hundred percent of the time. That's how I'm gonna get strong. And then I started reading a little bit more, I was like, wait, I need to finish this book before I implement <laughs> anything. Because then he goes on to say, No, that's you're gonna wreck yourself. Like you have to implement a healthy recovery process. So lots of areas that you can start implementing anti-fragile, understanding that by nature, we don't want to endorse what anti-fragile is, which is chaos, it is stress, it is these different concepts. He, in one area, just real quick, he even talked about how that there have been studies that have shown that when you pop out of a corner and scare a friend, that they 
and their heart rate races and they freak out that there is actual health benefits to that. Unchallenged as long accepted. as it stops there. Got if it. they go on in fear, if they go on in anguish and anxiety, that's unhealthy. But the moment of a quick heart rate and all is actually healthy. Mm. And then there's benefits to that. Mm. And so I'm like, well, yeah, I'll scare my friends all day long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it's kind of cool just to understand that, though. There are many... I, I really feel that this concept and what he's getting at is meant to be applied in every area of your life. As a complex being, there is meant to be stressors in your life. But yeah, so it's also just important to take into account the recovery process. And that is going to be a key element to the stressors and being anti-fragile and how to apply it. I'm sure once we talk more about this, once we've read the whole book, there'll also be a lot more... Yeah. to that <laughs> yeah i i the saw popped into my head and it basically was rest yourself before you wreck yourself ah yes sorry corny corny <laughs> one-liners are my forte so like that old poor car i drove don't ever buy a kia sorry kia you're never getting sponsored on this podcast so um <laughs> you remember that car oh, oh my yes. gosh uh so anyways with that just wrapping up I, we, we're a little over but but what are two or three examples of of how you can have a positively anti-fragile or a healthy anti-fragile perspective what areas examples specifically go ahead yeah so definitely also taking the recovery process into account uh relationships is going to be a big one you're going to have stressors you're going to have moments where you don't get along those are actually important for your growth with your significant other but you also have to take into account the need to rest and to also talk it out and to recover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so taking some time to, to pause after what we call a hard conversation or yep. a crucial conversation. And, um, you know, once you're at a stopping point, you know, just sitting there, whether you're watching a show or, you know, cuddling, you know, whatever that is, spending that quality time and resting together and healing from that hard conversation. Yes, because, and the thing that you do have to understand, and I think he's going to get into this book a little bit, is anti-fragile comes with, there's things that you can control and things you can't control. So like Jim, you are intentionally putting yourself under stress. With your significant other, you're not going to do that. You're not going to intentionally get get into fights, but they are going to happen. And so this book is about, okay, where can you implement that? healthy Mm -hmm. and then where can you harness what just comes natural in this life what is going to happen so that is important to understand there that there will be that definition and he hasn't fully touched on that so i'm not there yet but the healthy version of anti-fragile right now is you need to put yourself under stress and you probably don't fully grasp or understand what that actually means. And we'll talk more about that next time. Yeah, we don't even know what that fully means at this point. You're, you have many, many defense systems in your brain to stop you from doing what this is talking about. Yeah. So there's a lot behind that. But then there's also going to be just understanding and taking advantage of the situations that come your way. As the Bible says, count it all joy. In the various trials, the testing of your faith produces patience. And patience having its perfect work in you, that you may be complete and lacking nothing. James chapter one, verse two through five, New King James translation. So excellent. Yeah. Sorry. Memorize it. So, um, with that guys, remember anti-fragile can be good and bad. The important thing, one of the distinguishing, distinguishing factors is the amount of rest you put into that equation. Rest is a requirement for Mm -hmm. healthy anti-fragile-ness.
which is definitely a hard word to say. So with that, guys, go check out this book and join us next time when we talk about anti-fragile because this is our crucial conversation. This is how we're going to challenge ourselves to grow in those difficult times, how we're going to transition the difficult times into a growing opportunity, which is a lifelong struggle and opportunity. So thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on Kairos Talks. We hope that this crucial conversation was impactful for you. We hope you join us next time. Don't forget to subscribe and join in on the conversation in the Kairos Talks Facebook group. Thank you and have a great day.